Amen. How many believe that the answer is Christ? The answer is Jesus Christ. Amen. I feel the presence of the Lord here this morning. If you have your Bibles with you, I have two passages of Scripture to turn to today. One is found in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And then we're going to turn to Philippians chapter 3. Earlier this week, I was doing my daily Bible reading, and I came across Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And this one particular passage of Scripture just kept resonating in my spirit. And I began to meditate on it, and I felt like the Lord is leading me to preach on this topic today. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 10. Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. Now turn to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12, down to verse 14. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, He's saying, no matter what, no, it's one thing that I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I feel this... Scripture, and I feel this message on my heart is the message that we need to hear today. That we not remember the former things. That we not that we not just keep in the in the former days or continue to dwell on the past. But God, we know that in today, that today you've got great things in store for us. You've got great things in store for us as believers and for us as the body of Christ. God, I pray today that you anoint me with a fresh anointing that I may preach your word with boldness and with clarity and with authority. God, I'm not going to invite your presence into this place because, God, I believe you are already in our midst this morning. God, I pray, God, today that you bless your people that are here today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. This morning I want to preach on this. Press on. Press on. How many know in the days, time, and hour that we were living in, 
If we're going to get anywhere or do anything, we've got to press our way through. I want to ask you this simple question this morning. Do you have any more energy left in your spirit today to press a little harder? Do you have any more energy in your spirit to push a little harder? I know in the day and time we're living in that it's getting darker and gloomier. I know we are facing things that we have never faced before, but I want to ask you this one question. Can you push just a little harder? Can you push it just a little further. I believe that we were almost there. I believe that we are on the threshold before this thing wraps up. But do you have enough courage to push just a little harder? I believe that this year, 2020, has been our most challenging year that I think we have all ever faced before in our lives. We have experienced a year that has tested our faith. It has tested our patience. It has tested our will to hold on. Coming into this year, we all had the, the Vision 2020 or the 2020 Vision, and I am one of them. Well, I remember in, in January this year, I did a series of messages talking about our vision for the church, and we've all set the pace with the theme of God's got great things in store. God's going to clear our vision, and God's going to do great and mighty things that which we have not seen before. Not only myself, but pastors across the nation and around the world have had the vision for this year year, but how many know that that vision has not yet come to pass? From all the things that are happening, this is not the way we intended it for it to go. We did not intend for us to be shut down with the pandemic. We did not intend for our nation to be in an uproar, in, a, in desolation, in violence. We did not intend for all that to happen. But my question to you today is what do you do when simply all of your hopes and your dreams that you've held on to all this time have now been shaken or it has now been completely destroyed? What do you do when all the things that you hoped for and that you dreamed and that you desired to do and have it has become nothing but a living nightmare? What do you do when all the things that you have have, no, have done nothing but crumbled in your presence? What do you do? I will say this one thing. You cannot control what has already happened. What has happened has happened. What has been said has already been said. What has been thought has already been thought. But you cannot control what has already been done. All you can do is control what you have today and where you're going tomorrow. Now with this morning we're talking about a man by the name of Paul. Paul is no stranger to the New Testament church. Paul is no stranger to us this morning. Paul, in his former days, he was known as Saul, Saul of Tarsus. He was a man that pursued the, the, the persecution of Christians. He's the one that pursued the uh, burning of the churches. In, in, in my opinion, Saul was a, a biblical Hitler in his time. He was the one that he received joy. He, he was delighted when he was uh, persecuting Christians. He could not stand Christians as Hitler could not stand the Jews. He was one that would burn down churches. And even in Acts, there was a man by the name of Stephen who was uh, wind caught uh, to, Saul, uh, to uh, Saul that a man by the name of Stephen was supposed to be stoned. And, and Saul could not get his stuff together fast enough to go and to see that, that Stephen was going to be uh, stoned and persecuted. But now Saul has lived this life of, of just uh, recklessness and, and violence and, and, and desolation. And he's living a life of all this. But he comes down to a road called, on a road to Damascus. 
There, Paul, uh, Saul is it comes encounter with God, and he and he strikes him with blindness for three days, and, and he hears a voice cry out and say, "Saul, Saul, why thou persecutest thou me? Why do you persecutest thou me?" And he's like, "I hear a voice, but yet I see no man." And then he he has his life ever changed right there on the road to Damascus. He has changed literally from Saul, the identity of Saul, and now he's converted into Paul. Now Paul is now writing three quarters of the New Testament. Now Paul is going around to all these churches. Instead of destroying churches, he's now a church planner. Now he's going around and laying hands on sick that they may recover. Now he's laying hands on the sick, on the on the demonic, the oppressed, and, and, and possessed, and seeing them delivered. Instead of now his hands are not hurting, but now they're healing. Now now he is using by now he's being gifted and used by God. Now all the things that Paul did back when he was Saul, persecuting, beating, and destroying churches, now he gets a little dose of what he did then. Now Paul serving Christ and in the fellowship and relationship and obedience of Christ. Now he's being, in Acts chapter 16, now he is being stripped in the marketplace by the magistrates. He's being stripped of all his clothes. And now he's being beaten before everybody. The same thing he done to them, now is being done to himself. Now he's being beat, thrown into prison. He's been thrown into prison countless times. He's been shipwrecked more than once. And now... He comes to Philippians chapter 3. Basically, Paul here is saying that I once was Saul. I once was a, a, a church persecutor, a church destroyer. I've had a history. I've got a past. It was so bad that even after Saul converted into Paul, that, that Christians were still scared to death of him. It's like, no, no, this can't be right. He's not been converted. He's not who he says he is. Because uh, I know who Saul is. I know what Saul did. This cannot be right. So they were still kind of refraining from Paul even after his conversion. Now Paul is in Philippians chapter 3. And basically what he is saying, it says that no matter what all I did, no matter where I came from, no matter all the bad things I've done, even though I have come to a place, even though I've come to my crossroads on the road towards Damascus, and I had my encounter with the Lord, and, and the Lord transferred me, transformed me from Saul to Paul, even though that I have been used by God in mighty, mighty ways, even though I have laid my hands on sick and, and seen the demonic delivered, even though I have been shipwrecked, even though I have been imprisoned, I have not not. And Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, he says, I have not yet attained. What does that mean? He's basically, I have not yet arrived. God's brought me from here all the way to where I am right now. And even though I have experienced so much of the Lord, even though I've been brought from so far from the Lord, even though the Lord has gifted me in great and mighty things, even though I have been used mightily and mightily for the Lord, I have not yet attained. I have not yet arrived. And so Paul basically says, even though I have not yet attained, what else do I do? What else can I do? He simply says, I press forward. I press forward. Meaning I'm going to keep going. 
I'm not going to stop here. I've experienced so much from God, but I know God's got more great things in store for me. And I know I can't here. I can't stay here. We all move from glory to glory. Even when God delivers you from here and He places you here, don't stop here. Keep serving. Keep walking. Keep holding on to the faith. Don't stop. Don't look back. Just keep pressing forward towards the mark. Keep pressing out your way. I'm going to ask you again. Can you still press this morning? Can you still keep going? Can you still keep pushing today? I have not not yet attained. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. The Bible says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. It shall spring forth. Ye shall not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. My Lord, that should give us all hope and build all of our faith to keep pressing. Don't look back on the former days. Don't look back on the days of old. That, and I'm going to tell you this. And why do I say that? Because my Bible tells me that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. What God done back then, I'm going to give you a revelation and a word this morning. What God done for me back then, what God done for you back then, my God's still the same as He was yesterday. My God is still the same today. And guess what? He's going to be my hope for tomorrow. He's still going to be in my tomorrow before I ever even open my eyes because He's the same today as He is tomorrow. And don't you think if He done it back then, if He blessed me back then, if He delivered me back then, if He raised me up out of the muck and the miry clay, do you not think that He can still do it today? Do you not think that He can still pour out greater and more abundantly and more on me today than he done yesterday. I hear so many times I'm guilty myself that I remember back reflecting on even services here at Pinson. I remember back days we had some great mighty times in the Lord. I remember I used to burn fire going run up down these aisles. I mean, I've seen people get delivered. I've seen dead people raised. I've seen demonic spirits cast out. I remember one day I was in here and I was walking around the church praying one day and I was by myself and I began to walk around just praying. I began to reflect on all the things that we experienced in this church. And I remember back and all the services we had, all the different ministers that has came in here and preached the fire down. I, I was reflecting on all the things. And then one day I began to walk around this front, back and forth, back and forth. And I stopped right here at this communion table. And I couldn't help but look down. And I looked at all these stains around this communion table. My gosh. I begin to think all the spit, all the tears, all the demonic spirits that were cast out right here, those stains or remembrance of the things that have yeah, happened yeah. before. And I begin to think, God, you've done this back then. You've done this in our past. God, you've done this prior to us before. But God, I pray today that God, you sent a yeah. fresh fire. God, I pray today that you sent a fresh wind. God, I pray that greater than this shall come. I pray that greater will come. Forget not the form, forget the former things. I should, and see, here's the here's the problem the church has today. Here's the problem. 
They remember things like this. They remember things of old. They remember back when uh, uh, Brother Billy used to come and preach revival. They remember back when Sister Suley used to run up and down the aisle. They remember back when in certain events in the church. They remember back in certain revivals. They, and we all look back at how great the uh, Zusa Street revival. We look back and see how the, Brown, the Brownsville, Florida revival was. We get we get to think about all these old times that God moved in such a mighty, mighty way. And it's okay to reflect. It's okay to look back. But my thing is, we tend to get hung up on the old That's days. Right. We get tend to stay back Amen. in 1970. We get tend to stay back in 1980. But I will tell you, this is 2020, and I'm looking yes. forward to a great revival that eyes have yes. not seen and ears have not yet heard of all the great and mighty things. We're going to see miracles that we have never seen before. We're going to see God moving in a mighty way that we thought God didn't even have. That was impossible to move. He's going to blow our minds. But the thing about this, to, to uh, inherit those blessings and to receive all that God has, we have got to get out of the former days. Amen. As long as you live in the former days, you are staying in the former days. God's saying, come on back to right here. Bring all of yourselves back to here where I can bless you, where I can move mightily upon you. But I can't bless you here if you're always there. Amen. We wonder why. So many times after time after time again. Why is God not blessing? Why is God I remember back. I remember back. Well, God's saying, if you want it, here it is right here. Right. What has been done has been done. But my God, he was there. He's the same then as he is now. Amen. Just because I don't serve a 1970 God. I don't serve a God of 1980s. I don't serve a God of 1990s. I serve an all now, all present, all power, all God, and today. And he's going to be in my hope for tomorrow. Amen. Now you look at a man by the name of Moses who is in a similar, the same way. In Exodus chapter 14, Moses leads the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. And they lead them up to the Red Sea. The children of Israel began to complain to Moses and, and basically the children of Israel said, Moses, there's not any graves in Egypt. And basically what he was saying is, why did you lead us here? Why did you bring us here to the Red Sea just to die? There's no graves in Egypt. We can't go forward because of the Red Sea. Pharaoh's on a hot trail coming against us. But now we're at the Red Sea. Moses, you you dog, you have led us here to die. But Moses looked at him and said, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. For the Egyptians you see today, you shall see no more. Amen. Moses cried out to the children. And in Exodus chapter 14, Moses looked at the children and said, It's time, it is time, it is time to move forward. Moses told them that. It's in your Bible. 14th chapter of Exodus. Moses said it's time to move forward. Here's the thing that I've gained from this chapter. Well, I feel like the Lord's directed me to. As long as we stay where we are and we don't move forward, if we keep looking back to Egypt and want to go back to the bondage that God delivers from, if we stay right where we're at, we don't move forward with God in the direction God has for us, the enemy will be on our trail. And eventually overtake us and overthrow us. That's why it's so important that we don't grow stagnant in our, in our spirit. That's why it's so important that we just don't go and don't move with God. 
He will, the enemy will come against and overtake us if we don't move. Joshua, in Joshua chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, the Bible says that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean you by these stones? Then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan will cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. After they done crossed Jordan, they built, they took 12 stones for the 12 tribes of Israel. They built a monument to signify God has delivered us to this point. God has brought us to this point. Now that everybody that comes behind us will ask, what are these stones? And they're going to be a remembrance of the children of Israel crossing over Jordan that God delivered us and brought us back to this place. It's one thing to look back and say, God brought me from here. God brought me from here. But if you notice one thing, the children of Israel didn't stay there. They kept going. They kept going. We, let me ask you this. When you leave this world, will you leave a legacy behind? Will you leave your monument behind? Will you leave your 12 stones of memorial? Will you leave a monument so when your grandchildren and your family come by and say, I remember my mama and I remember my daddy. I remember my grandmama, my granddaddy, how they were saints of God, how they prayed unto God, how they were filled with the Spirit, how they were delivered and how they would pray for me and lay hands on me. Will you leave a legacy behind? To where people can remember you and say, that was a man of God. That was a saint of God. Or are we going to continue like even some of them that did not still enter into the promised land because they still wanted to go back. They wanted to go back. Will you leave a, will you leave a memorial for the rest to follow? Will you leave a legacy for us and for others to come by and follow your footsteps and to follow how, how it should have went? Or are we going to stay back? Genesis chapter 19, verses 25 through 26. Another famous story, very well-known story of Lot and his wife. Genesis 19, 25 through 26. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. There goes show another importance. When God brings you out of this, when God brings you out of this mess and this situation, they were in a city called Sodom and Gomorrah. We all have heard and we all know that story. A, a city that was filled with sin, sexual immorality, it was filled of violence. And God had mercy upon Lot and his family to have enough mercy and love to deliver them just like every single one of us here. Again, I have not yet attained. I have not yet arrived. None of us here have arrived yet. God delivered every one of us from a sin-filled hell and set us in the right relationship with him. What he's saying to us today 
I brought you to here. I brought you to here. You are now here. Don't look back. Why would you want to look back? Why would you want to look back from all the hell, the destruction, the violence, the life that you had before Christ? Why would you want to look back at all this? The thing about it is, is that we tend to look back because sometimes we think it's easier to go back and to keep pressing. Because pressing takes perseverance. Pressing takes time. Pressing takes energy. That's why the children of Israel wanted to go back because they saw it was too hard to press forward. They said, I'd rather just be sit there in one spot for 12 hours a day and be chained up and beat on an old stone than to press through all this mess. We all think that it's easier just to go back to the bondage that we had because we kept, we felt comfortable. That's where we were all of our lives and we don't want to press forward. And those that are you that are writing notes and taking down notes, if you would like to, write these down. Five ways that we can forget about the past and begin to move forward. Number one, you don't have to write the verses in, or the chapters in the verse, but just please write the the, the the, the points, the main points. Number one is accept Him. Number one is to accept Him. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Accept Him. When you come into relationship with Jesus Christ, how you are going to be delivered from the past, how you are going to be able to forget the past, is because when you come into Christ, all old things are passed away. All the old is gone to be remembered no more. Lost into the sea of forgetfulness. All the old is gone and you have a newness of life. Now you have a purpose to press forward. Number two is to trust in Him. Like my wife just sung a while ago, to trust in Him. Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thy own understanding. In order to move forward, you're going to have to go through some uneasy territory. God's going to bring you into places that you have not yet been before. God's going to take you into a new uh, kind of an environment. And in order to go through that, just like the children of Israel went to land they'd never been before, they had to trust in the Lord. As long as you lean on to your own understanding, you will never progress. You will never move forward because you are leaning on to your own understanding. For the scripture does teach us that our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. We are going to have to learn in the day and time that we're living in when our very foundation of our faith is being shaken every single day. We are going to have to trust in the Lord. How many times have we all been through that situation to where we didn't think how it was going to end up or how are we ever going to overcome this? I, I don't have a way. I don't know how I'm going to go get the money. I don't know how we're going to overcome it. Trust in the Lord and lean not onto your own understanding because I'm going to tell you this from my own experience that we have all been there before, that we try to fix everything. We try to do everything on our own. And we fail every time. It may not be right then, but then later on, we will fail. 
Because not by might nor by power, but it's by His Spirit, says the Lord. Number three, be transformed by Him. So we accept Him, trust in Him, and be transformed by Him. Romans 12 and 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I just preached on this, on this scripture just a few weeks ago. If you remember, just because you dive into the word of God and study it and study it and study it, you read the whole thing 15 times, you are not transforming your mind. You are only increasing your knowledge in the word of God. Be ye transformed and allow Him to transform you on the inside. Let Him transform you in your heart. And then when your heart has been renewed and your heart's been restored and your heart has been transformed, then you have a mind of Christ. Then you think of the things of Christ. Then you walk in the things of Christ. Then you do the things of Christ because now you have been transformed to be like Christ. And so therefore, if you are like Christ, you will not want to go back into the old former days because now you have a new walk, you have a new purpose and a new light in your walk. Number four, abide in Him. That word abide is to mean to walk in accordance with. John 15 and 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. You, we can't do anything without Christ. We cannot do anything without Christ. Walk in accordance of. Men, we will do the things Christ does. We will say the things of Christ. We will do the things of Christ. We will think the things of Christ when we abide in Him. And fifthly and lastly, Walk with Him. It's an everyday relationship. It is an everyday walk with Christ. John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. If God is directing you from here to here, how are you going to go from here to here if you don't know His voice? How did the children of Israel ever make it through without a leader who did not know the voice of God? Moses and Joshua were able to lead the children of Israel from where they were to where they went because they knew the voice of God. If you don't know the voice of God, how can you move forward? How can you go from the former days to the newness? How can you go from the former days to the future? How can you walk with Christ if you don't know His voice? How do you know His voice? Through His Word and spend time with Him. If my wife was right here, I would use her as an example. My wife and I have been married, don't give me the line, I think 17 years. Don't tell her I, I had a second guess that. Um, some of y'all get that on the way home. Um, but if my wife was right here, I would say, I'm going to use Brother David, Sister Pat. Like, oh, Lord Jesus. They've been married years, and... Um, if that, and Brother David never talked to his wife, he wouldn't know nothing about it. If Sister Pat didn't spend time with Brother David, she wouldn't know nothing about it. If they never talked, they wouldn't have any kind of communication. Eventually, their relationship would be irrelevant. 
their relationship would be non-existent. So therefore, they can't grow together. They can't do anything together. They can't spend time together. They can't grow together. They can't do anything. Because it takes communication. It takes just like a regular relationship every day, spending time. Brother David, can, can I bet you can tell you every little thing that will just get on her nerves. She's like, mm-hmm, every day, mm-hmm, yeah. Sister Pat's like, I can push Brother David's button to get mine, get whatever I want, because I know exactly each little button I can do is everything I want. Because I, uh, I might not want to go here, but I'm going to say it anyway. I've talked to Brother David a few times, and I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm working. He's like, oh, Pat's got me doing this, and changing this, and doing this, and I'll be glad to get this thing done. Oh, well, here she calls. Let me call you back. She's done work the system. She knows exactly what to do to him to get him to do what she wants to the house. Why? Because she has a relationship with her husband. I bet you Brother Dave walk in at his house any day, any time, and just look at her eyes and say, oh, see you I'm going back outside. He can, he can tell right when she's hurting, he can tell when she's mad, and he can tell when he's the delight of her day. Why? Because they spend time together. You know the ways of God because you spend time with Him. Let me tell you this. Why? Let me sum all this up and I'm closing. Why do we want to reflect on the old God? On an old guy. Well, that's what he did back then. That's what he done this. That's what, no, 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 no. Is your relationship still back then? Is your relationship still the former days? Is your walk with Christ back then? Or is your walk with Christ now? I'm going to tell you, God can still do that then and do it now. And guess what? Even better than he did before. It all amounts to our faith. Do we have enough faith today as we did back then? Oh, well, you just know I'm just, I'm a little more seasoned than I was back then. I just, I can't get up and do much anymore. I just, I bless God. I just, I got this pain in my foot. I got this, this, this pain in my knee. No, 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 no. That has nothing to do with your faith. That has nothing to do with your walk with God. But God's word today for us and the church, it's time to move forward. God is getting ready. I don't know what God's up to other than what the Scripture tells me, but I believe God's getting ready to send a revival that we have never seen before. And guess what? It's already here. It's already happening. But we're going to miss it if we're living back then. Let's all move today and let's all press forward. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you, Lord, for this word that you've given us today. God, I pray, God, you give us the strength and the ability and the courage to move forward. God, to press forward towards the mark of the high calling. God, that we won't stay back in the former days of, God, of way back when, or, God, I remember when, but now it's, God, what do you have for me today? God, what blessing do you have for me? Or what should I do for you today? God, here I am, use me today. That way I may be an encouraging person and give someone an encouraging word. That way they may be drawn into a closer relationship with you. God, I pray, God, you just touch every one of us today. God, you give us strength, that you watch over us, that you protect us, and you bring us back Wednesday night. God, we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. <laughs>